Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. It's Friday, it's 5pm, and Brad blew my mind on Monday because it was the first time we'd actually seen each other this year when we did our first shoot. That's true. I thought you were going to say for some other reason I blew your mind, but yeah. It, well, it was, I mean, every every fun. meeting with you is, <laughs> is, is mind-bending in some regard, <laughs> as people yeah, will know from good, watching the video. We had a good day. We had a good day for sure. We did, yeah. We filmed three, three giant, exciting. Well, mm. I, no, I would say two giant, exciting videos. One of which is actually going live next week, and another one which I still haven't fully decided whether we'll publish. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we filmed something which I talked to my girlfriend about afterwards. And I was like, it's the most embarrassed I've been drinking something, and it's the worst tasting thing I've ever drunk. Um. It, I I felt like a bit like in Game of Thrones where they everyone's shouting shame shame and they're throwing eggs and and uh, manure and stuff at you as you walk down the streets of uh, what is it Castle Rock no whatever it is King's Landing uh, because we did something uh, abhorrent with with uh, with beer and with non beer which. Which I'm just uh, I I'm on I'm on the fence with you as well, but I think I think we should put it, it was, out. Maybe it was your idea. I'm You're the, saying this it? like you were you were forced into it. I think I, I seem to remember being held at gunpoint and you forcing me to uh, come up with this idea, Johnny. Uh, well, I mean, I I came up with the idea of doing like doing the Guinness mixes. You're the one that came mm. out with two mm. very. Um, Low rent, yeah, ideas Scrape, and so we, the, just to uh, fill everybody in. Barrel. So we we were filming at the Beer Merchants Tap, and we did the first two, which is glassware and our West for Letter an episode of the Trappist uh, Trappist series, and then we did essentially Guinness cocktails. By which point the bar had opened, and so we had I don't know maybe ten, fifteen people sat in the bar, basically watching us film, while Brad. <laughs> Uh, got out of his corner shop bag <laughs> it's a nice bottles bag. of blue WKD. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going for it. We're telling them what it was, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, BWKD, we, we, need, we, need, we need a soft landing for them. We need to gradually feed in this idea that, mm. as I say in the video, I think Craft Beer Channel has jumped the shark. Well, maybe. But it's all it's all a bit of fun, Johnny, although I'm not sure how fun it actually was. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, potentially 
didn't like. Well, I've never tried Blue WKD before. You were which, quite excited to try it, and and the excitement, uh, I could see it fade yeah. from your face. <laughs> like literally, it's, just sort uh, of drip like melting wax. Mm. I told I told a lot of my because I went to art school. I didn't go to university as such. It was art school, as Central Saint Martin's School of Art, which is now part of the University of Arts London. So I have a bachelor's in in art, but um, well, in graphic design and animation. But um, it wasn't really like. Sorry, if you can hear that buzzing, I've I've got a monitor on. I haven't got. A, that's not a sex toy. That's a monitor, guys. Um, medical advice. So <laughs> I don't think anybody's buzzing. mind went. Oh, that that's okay. Brad's sex toy. They probably yeah, yeah, assumed yeah. it was like a drill or something in the background. It's it's very buzzy. If if a mic picked that up. Um, that's made me lose my train of thought. So, yes, I text some of my friends a photo of the monstrosity and was like, this is the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. Um, and they were like, oh, yeah. Uh, and they started talking about horrendous drinks that they drank at uni. Red wine and Coca-Cola. Uh, all kinds of crazy things I've never heard of before were, were consumed... But you, it's, um, is, is your point here that you didn't do that kind of thing at art school? We didn't is do that... that kind of thing. No, we were we 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 weren't. I mean, we're not laddie guys, but there were no lad lads at art school. But Zero but, I lads. mean, the stories you've told me about your drinking exploits while at art school are insane. Far far more ridiculous uh, than any of mine. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying we, we there, didn't. There's a cognitive dissonance here. Are you saying you but, only got got drunk on very classy stuff? Yeah, I think oh, so. Right. Yeah, okay. Classy stuff or free stuff at, at, at art events and things and such. So, you know, we we weren't w- in London. I wasn't going to uni nights or whatever where people get dressed up in weird school outfits and you know drink uh, blue drinks and whatever. I didn't do any of that. I was right. I was going to a Winkle Picker wearing new rave sporting uh okay i'm starting to see where you're coming from stuff. yeah yeah it yeah. was different vibe man. you were going like you were going thing. to hipster hangouts of east london while yeah, exactly. i was at arena nightclub in exeter drinking uh uh well uh, other people would have been drinking wkd i actually drank guinness because that was Ooh, the, yeah the Safe. lagers were always terrible so yeah, yeah. that's it man. Ma- made you feel pretty heavy when you were dancing though i'm not gonna lie Oh yeah, pints of Guinness on the dance floor, not not the one. But um, it yes, wasn't even pints; that. it was cans where they they had the little right. plate that it would uh, would agitate it, and then they'd tip it in a glass. Oh wow! Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, we so we didn't do we didn't drink all those strange drinks. I, I, you know, having watched things like Big Boys, which is good on Channel Never Four, Fresh Meat, which is also pretty good. They're both like classic uni experiences uh and i look well, at how do you know like, you didn't go well i did i mean technically it is a university but it's art school so it's different vibes i i watched them with a sort of reverence to someone like a gold you know looking at something in a goldfish bowl because i didn't actually experience that kind of thing um it was a bit different uh maybe that's just maybe that's just my perspective i don't know i'm not saying it was any better or any worse it's just when I watch things about people going to uni, I'm like, yeah, I, mine wasn't like that. Do you know, I think I think it might be more of a London thing than an art school thing. Because I went Maybe. to uni in Exeter and university in London. And, I mean, I was a little bit older because I was, I was doing a master's in London. But it was, 
it was a very different night out that you had. You went to live music and you went to cocktail yeah. places and you went to like old beautiful boozers. When I was in Exeter, I mean, there were some old beautiful boozers, but there wasn't a lot of live music to speak of, even though I was in a band. Um, there, there wasn't a lot of, there, there wasn't a classy way to, to spend your evening on a budget in Exeter, really. So it Maybe might be a London thing. I think it's definitely a London thing. Or a big thing, city then, thing. By the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I, you know, I knew people that went to Leeds and all sorts of stuff and they got absolutely hammered all the time and drank weird, crazy stuff. And yeah, like lots of Northern universities and even, even just ones in Kent and places that just seemed a bit. Maybe I was bit, just boring then. Just drinking know, a Guinness maybe, quietly in the corner of a nightclub I, we I don't just... really like the lagers on tap here. <laughs> maybe we maybe we were maybe we were an oddity but I, I yeah i don't know i just think it's different but i had great i still had a great time uh i just didn't drink like a pint of red wine and coke or anything insane or blue like wkd that. i've never I... and i've never never passed my lips in my life blue wkd any wkd i'm not sure i'd actually had blue wkd i'd had the i think it was called vk or something like the even cheaper version vk right. yeah I remember that being on, on offer. Anyway, this is supposed to be a beer podcast, and yeah. we've managed to find the cheapest thing to talk about that has absolutely... Actually, no, actually it was malt-based, wasn't it? Because we were talking yeah, about how that's a tax it's... dodge. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's... yes, so that was that was our Monday. The first time we yeah. saw each other, we drank pints <laughs> of blue WKD. <laughs> we did. We yeah. did. And all um, I can describe the flavour as is blue, because it didn't really... It said mixed berry, but I, I, uh, mm. I think they must have made a mix-up with the berries because it just tasted like blue to me. I don't know yeah. what blue tastes like. Blue tastes yeah. like sadness, Johnny. Te- terrible tastes stuff. Like, uh, yeah, horrendous. But but the actual video, that if we do put it out, does have two semi-legit cocktails in it <laughs> that are famous and done quite frequently with Guinness. You can see what the video is supposed to be. We'll see whether it sees the light yeah, of day yeah, and, yeah. and whether it makes... Uh, makes sense but yeah so that was our f- first shoot day of the year which is bonkers because uh well we didn't do a huge amount of content towards the end of last year because of my book and i bring that up because i literally handed in the last chapter yesterday well hey that's very exciting mate congratulations it is it is out of my life awesome until awesome. the changes come back from the <laughs> yes um and i saw a cover no way v- you did send me some v- sketches of, of a cover yeah which i did it must have been v point five or something you sent me a very sketchy yeah but, uh, oh super sketchy and now yeah, well yeah. it's still super sketchy but it now makes a bit more sense so oh, awesome. I'm, I'm hoping i'll be able to share that uh i reckon in in the next uh, next couple of weeks maybe by march oh well and then the exciting. pre-sales will start and I'll, I'll start talking about the book endlessly again as if i've as if nice. i stopped you um, haven't really let you haven't really let up have you Johnny, no, to be honest no but, i haven't yeah, i need this I need this book to work. Uh, <laughs> so that's the good news this week. There's been lots of bad news this week in the beer world, hasn't oh, there? Dude. I mean, yeah, it's not great out there, Johnny. Things that we thought were going to be okay are not okay. Oh, I, I don't think I thought they'd be okay. Hmm. I had uh, I had some hope, but yeah, it's like worst scenario kind of thing. Yeah, so we're, we're talking about Briel here, which is an investment company. Which I when I first saw the name I was like that's a weird name. Are they trying to say like be real or yeah. or something? 
No, it's just a portmanteau of the two founders' names, as if it's like a band you're in when you were 12. What are their names? Brian and, and Eel? Brian oh, and it, Neil? It's their surnames. What? I can't, I can't okay. even remember. But anyway, these are two guys that are buying up all the breweries in distress. Um, they've bought uh, Black Sheep, Brick, uh, Brew by Numbers, and I'm missing another one that they've bought. Um, supposedly, you know, rescuing them from the brink. Um, but this week it was announced that the production of, of is it brick and brew by numbers and moving up to black sheep? Yeah, so I believe they've they might have already moved the brew kit of brick up there and then they're moving brew by numbers up in the next three weeks or so. Right. I think. Um and uh, like obviously massive redundancies throughout. Yeah, I mean uh... It, it, it's horrendous news you know there, there was hope that the purchase might protect lots of jobs and that's that's not necessarily going to be the case now it's also super naive of them given that they've removed those breweries from their certainly with brick which had a big following in peckham yeah. they've removed it from their core market now it makes it's it makes so starting from zero scratch. sense right it's it's going to be brick in name only like there's nothing brick about it anymore if if you know the founders have gone potentially at some point um all the the brew team and everyone everyone all the team i think they're keeping a sales exec a sales whatever for london i think i read maybe two of them uh to try and sell the beer down south yeah, but it's... it's like that's just really bad isn't it like sack everyone off apart from some guys that maybe might be able to shift some beer in in the location that they originally are from well, I mean, it is from the old regional brewery in the UK playbook and that you buy up a competitor, basically shut it down till it's just a label and then sell that label to the people that still care. But it's just yeah. weird that it's because it's not a brewery that's doing it. There's no gain from buying up a competitor. So they must no. just be getting absolutely silly money. Uh, sorry, silly deal on the actual brewery and then thinking, well, we can make our money back on that by just selling X amount of beer for X amount of years. And then the brand probably dies. Um, well, oh god yeah i i mean i uh these venture capitalists they they buy stuff cheap they consolidate it don't they so like financially they're consolidating everything together into one site uh they're obviously gonna have less stuff less expenses all around less teams running everything and they'll probably just have salespeople that are going out going with you know going like buy brick buy boomer numbers buy Black sheep, like the same person in same region, whatever. So, it's but I mean, what, what, what I'm saying the... is that's been proven to fail in. I know, but literally I'm... every single example in the brewing industry, it's never worked. You know, it might work financially, possibly for them, mm. but it's it's never been a long term kind of move. So that that's what's a real shame. It basically shows that they have no interest in the longevity of these these brands and the jobs that they provide. They've just got interest in making a a return, which I guess we shouldn't be surprised by. But it's just a real shame to see. I when they they were they were sort of giving off signals that they weren't going to be moving them right at one point. They kind of sent out signals mm. going, oh, you know, we're not, you know, like yeah, I, I nothing feel like it's a kind of thing. Disingenuous. But I think that's just legal talk, really, isn't it? It's it's yeah. just trying to stop the the news cycle from yeah, constantly picking up on it. On it. Mm. Anyway, so um, that is it's really bad news. I feel so sorry for brick and boo numbers in particular just because they're both south london institutions and uh I, i'm gonna feel the loss in my my area 
You know, well, like, I think you know London. London's been struggling for a long time brewing wise. It it sort of yeah. lost its title as the sort of the home of British, certainly English brewing. Um, a good couple of years ago, I remember thinking pre-pandemic, sort of being like, what what breweries am I really excited about in London these days? And the only one was Colonel. And you're like, mm. well, that's what that's been the case since 2009. So mm. nothing. You know, we had this big change. We had all these exciting breweries coming, and they sort of disappeared again. And, you know, I guess I guess pressure drop would be up there as well. But that that's about it. There's lots of small guys that I haven't investigated fully for a while. Yeah, um, I mean, and Spatch, I'm always I'm always pleasantly uh, surprised whenever I pay a visit and obviously drink London Black. But everything else they're banging out <clears throat> non non trendy styles, which are just absolutely incredible to drink. Um, and they're kind of doing their own thing, aren't they? So always got a lot of time for them. This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my events calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. See you there. Yeah, but I, I guess you know I was very excited wise. about London Black as a release, and now it's you know mm. it's part of you know every every month I'll have a, a couple of London Blacks, but it's not something I'm excited to see. Where's the the innovation, the excitement, the you know the the what craft beer has has always been about, which has been about either pushing the boundaries or about you know going down and digging into tradition and discovering new things. Like Lon- yeah. London, as an innovative hub for craft beer, died four or five years ago, and and now you know the the powerhouses of it, the ones that were you know used to be very very innovative, are being bought out and closed down by investment corporations run by people with so little imagination that when they named themselves all they could come up with is oh these are our names but combined i i uh it makes me think of d ream uh, <laughs> things yeah. can only be get real better, which, the the cover band yeah. of d ream yeah be real i could imagine yeah a covers band be real <laughs> um yeah it's that kind of vibe it's very naff johnny it's naff i'm gonna yeah. be mean to him now because I, I don't like them Oh, I don't like him either, but uh, that's not the end of the bad news. So obviously, obviously that is is horrible, um, and we hoped for the best to start. This time we have to do the same because Adnams are uh, seeking private equity investment due to tricky finances. So they've had to go out to the market. If you don't know much about finance, and I'm not really one among them, but having worked in the beer industry for a long time and seen this, you. You know, if if your projections are looking bad, your cash flow is looking bad, or whatever it is, you can go out basically and see who might want to invest. And there's m- whole magazines and forums and breakfast clubs that happen at r- hotels we can never go to, where you start pitching to people and kind of that kind of stuff. And that's what Adams is going through right now. Going, you know, we've got a solid, sustainable, successful business. 
but things have gone a bit wrong of late and if you listen to this podcast you don't need us to list all the myriad things that have gone wrong recently for all brewers let alone regional cascale brewers and so they're they're basically trying to sell a, a chunk of their business for some money because they're a bit worried about themselves and that's from you know one of the most forward-looking but also most historic and innovative brewers in the country is a terrifying sort of what's the word is it a bellwether for for what the industry's going through right now you know they've got a big pub estate mm. um they own their own brewery their own land that they they're brewing in and have done for hundreds of years they produce ghost ship one of the biggest and most award-winning beers in the world they're nailing the growth category which is low alcohol with their ghost ship 0.5 you know everything from an external perspective is looking brilliant yeah, yeah. and even Brand- they underneath are struggling the branding is great i think they sort of straddle the traditional with the very like modern they feel like they're relevant um the experiential stuff when you go to southwold if you get to go around the brewery and all incredible uh the the hotels we've been lucky enough to stay in amazing like they don't they don't skimp on on anything when you're there i think the experience mm. and quality of everything is is fantastic um so yeah it does it's it's very sad to hear that um uh, just re- they've been going for 152 years as their sort of current guys but they're they're older than that for sure um and that it says a lot doesn't it if you you can uh you know appear to be that that much part of a region as well because they're kind of the biggest thing in in suffolk and norfolk i would say in terms of beer you know like when you're out and about you always kind of look for the ghost ship and adnams you see an adnams pub you're like that's going to be a good pub um it's uh, and it's not it's not uh a place that's void of money either right it's quite a wealthy area it's hugely commercial in the summertime with tourists and stuff. Well, I imagine that might be a slight issue and could point to cash flow problems yeah. because you will be hugely seasonal on the on the coast of Suffolk and Norfolk. Mm. Um, so, you know, I would say, yeah, it's hugely affluent, but I'd also say that probably if you go to Southwold in February, if you went now... Yeah. It would probably be be a bit of a well. Actually, we went in January last time. And yeah, it was, I don't. I don't it think was it was too much of a ghost town. It, it was, was quiet, quiet, but it yeah. wasn't like like these towns in Cornwall where everyone is just it's just second homes, and like no one can afford to live there anymore. He's local. I don't think it's like that. Yeah, but it's um, man. That's like one of the one of my favorite things we did last year was the Adams film. It was just fantastic to be there. Yeah, yeah. I entered it into the Fortnum and Mason Awards. Uh, for sure best did. best broadcast, mm. we'll see yeah. see how we do there. I'm not uh, not holding my breath, but I I love that video and I love that brewery as well. And I hope I hope that they find the funding and I hope that they don't have to compromise to to get it because what's so if great they, about uh, is the complete lack of compromise. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I would even potentially put some money into a crowdfunder if they went down that route. I think they need That's a lot more to like Well, yeah, oh, <laughs> I don't think they want half a mil. Not right. not a not a business that size that won't plug the gap. Um, so yeah, bleak bleak beer news out there mm. right now. Um, however, um, this is the week of love. Oh is yeah, it the week okay. of love. I don't know. Valentine's Day yesterday. Yesterday, God, I so should know. It's this week sometime. 
the week of made up uh, bloody days by by oh, card such companies. Such a romantic. That uh, just you're sell. all about the love, Bradley. You're always saying it, and then yeah. it comes to Valentine's Day, and you're like, are you like Valentine's uh, Day should be every day? Is that your? Yeah, I just don't think we need to. I'm not sure about Valentine's Day as a thing. I think, I think I'm a bit cynical about it. Plus, I, I, I did. We and my girlfriend did go out yesterday, and I think I got food poisoning when I was out, <laughs> um, and I got really stressed as well because it's a very stressful day to go out on Valentine's Day. There's a lot of pressure involved. Um, it's a strange day to choose if you're not going for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like we we went out and had some some cash food. I tried. I got, I managed to go to Supernova Burgers, which is like the hypiest burger place in London. Yeah, how was that? Well, I thought it was great. Uh, I, we had half half a house cheeseburger each, half fries. So we didn't eat very much. And then later on, we went to like this place called Japes, which is a deep pan pizza place. We had like a real stringy pizza. Again, half a pizza shared it. But I felt absolutely terrible when I was coming home. Um, and I haven't felt quite right since. So I'm not saying it's Supernova or the other one, but something. How about got me it's yesterday. having a pizza and a burger on the same day? But that was we're talking like a small amount, not like a meal. I didn't really have a meal. I had like half a meal, and I ate sensible apart from that. Um, but yeah, so and I didn't drink either. We were gonna get, we we're gonna have a few beers around Soho, and then I started to feel unwell, so we had to break it off a bit early. Anyway. Um, so I would, I would say I'm not a massive fan of Valentine's Day after all of that. Um, did you do anything for Valentine's Day, Johnny? No. No. I did get, I got, uh, Kirsty, uh, a giant Toblerone, uh, an orange Toblerone because we had one of those a while back. So you went to an airport? We both, well, do you know what? <laughs> I managed to find it just like a rogue one in a, in a small Tesco. The other day I spotted it. I was thinking orange Toblerone, orange Toblerone as I walked in. I looked in the chocolate aisle. No, no Toblerone, no Toblerone. Then I got near the, the counter to queue up. Just happened to look up high to the right of me. and spotted a, a rogue orange Toblerone just up high. And I just grabbed it. And I was like, I'm having that. Used my Tesco uh, club card, Johnny. Got it. A right bargain, mate. An absolute bargain. So it was... Uh, so he, who it says was, it was reduced dead. for Tesco Club Card members. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh what, yeah, what, we're talking a love pound fifty instead of about six pound, Johnny. Yeah, that's, that's love. That is that is romance right there. Buddy. I mean, I, I I should say my I did do some. We did stuff for my daughter because we're trying to teach her. Yeah, you know what Valentine's Day is. So I I was in a in a card factory at six p.m. on Tuesday buying an inflatable heart. Nice. Um. Which is which what? is only only slightly less romantic than a, a cut price Toblerone from Tesco. Yeah. Well, I think that's I like pretty good. Think. We went f- we we also we went to Bar Italia in Soho, which is like a a really old school, like nineteen fifties Italian cafe. Very cool. They had love hearts everywhere, and that was the only other thing I ate while I was out. Johnny, I had a natta tart, a custard tart. So I don't now. I'm thinking, could it be that? <laughs> So you, knows? Said, you said earlier you ate sensibly otherwise. So you had a burger. Yeah. Half a burger. A custard tart and a pizza. A whole custard tart. And felt a, a bit unwell and you're like, I think it's food poisoning. Yeah, I think so. 
Okay, let's talk about the video. Um, mm. So this week's video was uh, the second uh, second episode of our brewing bonanza. It was an absolute bonanza it with the bonanza. one and only Omnipoyo. Yeah, it was um, the, we, we're rounding up the Brad's breakfast content now. After indeed. a year or however long it's been. So yeah, I guess it's been nearly nearly two years. Yeah, well, so March 2021 we went. So no, sorry, 18 months since we did the home yeah. brew and first visited uh, Omnipoyo. We finally brewed and tasted the final uh, the final beer. Um, most of that video was coffee tasting. In fact, almost all of yeah. it was coffee tasting, which I think made for a nice change. Yeah, 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 definitely. You and Alexander uh, trying some wild um, sommelier world championship award uh, winning or uh, competition level unique coffees. Uh, I, I'd watch it, Johnny. I'd watch it. That's for sure. Yeah, it was, well, yeah, it was good to, stuff. Yeah. He I was. To, he's, yeah. he's got. He's got a very calming for a man who yeah. slings caffeine for a living. A very calming, smooth demeanor. Hundred uh, percent. Who's Raddle in the comments said, "The soothing tones of Alexander's voice make me want to ask him to read me a bedtime story." Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I agree. I think he was, he was incredibly sort of zen-like, wasn't he? And his, you'd think someone who who uh, ran a coffee business would be jittery, like uh, like a frontline <laughs> sort of in the trenches. Uh, uh, somebody who's got shell shock from being at war or something, Johnny. He he was totally zen, though. You know, the, obviously the caffeine just doesn't doesn't get him or uh, maybe he doesn't drink coffee. Who knows? I he mean, certainly he, he, prob- drank he probably doesn't day. drink any more coffee than... Yeah. Than a, I mean, this is the interesting... Like, when people ask... When I, I say, like, I'm a beer writer or whatever, and people go, oh, my God, you know... The, one of the main questions I get is, how are you so thin? And I'm like, well, firstly, not that thin anymore. But secondly... I don't actually drink more beer, probably, than your average person. I just no. drink more different beers. Um, exactly. And maybe have a couple of samples throughout throughout the day, although that's getting increasingly rare as well. So he, he probably just has one or two coffees a day, absolute max. Um, although we what had three while we were there. <laughs> how many coffees do you think uh, James Hoffman has a day? See, he's got a similar demeanour, doesn't he? He's very he's calm. very calm as well. His voice and again, is incredible. His, yeah, I think that's part of and all respect to James Hoffman. He is incredible. Like one of the best sort of technical YouTubers in the world. But also I think part of his success is just how calming and kind of Moorish his presentation style is. Mm-hmm. It's just like a warm bath. Agreed. Agreed. A warm bath in in a milky coffee, Johnny. Yeah. Milky that's what it is. Milky green coffee. Mm. So I, I leapt at the chance of putting him into the video, not only because I love him and I love his content and because he has a silky voice, but also because he hates coffee beer. And <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to email him, actually, and be like, hey, hope you're doing well. Uh, we managed to, because I asked him, uh, we did a podcast together a couple of years ago, and I asked him, would you like to help us out doing a coffee beer? And he was like, I've never had a coffee beer I've enjoyed, so I'm going to decline that very kind uh, invitation. Lols. Um But I've managed to sneak him into one anyway. Um so yeah, take that, take that, Hoff. Um, thanks for everything you do. You're amazing. Um, so yeah, so we were at Standout Coffee, uh, having a great time, and then uh, we went and tasted the beer. And the beer was, I, I would say, kind of 
almost the opposite of the homebrew in that it had the cinnamon and the vanilla, but it slightly lacked the coffee. Yes. Whereas your homebrew did. version had the coffee, but none of the cinnamon. Well, the, the, the direct correlation there is how expensive the ingredients were, right? So the in our homebrew, the cinnamon was very expensive. And the well, the coffee was expensive too, but it was more traditional roasty coffee, wasn't it? Whereas this, well, no, no, was, it was it was, it was oh, almost identical was, in style. They were yeah, both Brazilian, sorry. Brazilian roasty heavily well, roasted coffees. Yeah, didn't come across in Brad's breakfast though, the commercial Brad's breakfast. No, um, and we are we blaming the the fancy ass coffee? I mean, people are in the comments. You know, they're saying you should have taken the cinnamon approach, right? Which yeah. is, you know, the cheaper the coffee, the more sort of... Because I guess when people are expecting coffee and a beer, they're expecting that big roasty walk into a re- into a cafe kind of aroma. Yes. Um, yeah. Which And I'd sele- we'd selected that coffee because we wanted some of that because it was going to complement everything else that was going on with that, uh, with that beer. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't think it was the expensive coffee because, like I say, we'd, we'd chosen one that would still present that. I think... I think maybe a little bit of process tweak or or quantity tweak or something might have, have really amped it up. But I, I also probably think that the quantities, and I need to find out the quantities from Henock, he may have dialed it down a little bit because we'd chosen a big coffee, you know? So, mm. I mean, Henock will be the first to tell you that you never get a recipe right the first time. And, you know, he still tweaks Noah and all of these, these you know, almost decade-old recipes. So it was... You know, we got very, very lucky, I think, with all of our collabs in that lots, all of them came out as very good beers, which isn't always the case. But, um, I mean, they could have all done with a certain amount of tweaking. Probably the closest we got to perfection was the Beak. Beak was um, Or actually, the Lost and Grounded was pretty special. Yes. Um, actually, related to that news, it's almost confirmed. It's penciled in that we'll be doing a... New England IPA version of Short Shorts, the New England Pale we did with Barrett mm. for the festival. So we're hopefully going to be brewing that in April. Uh, Jack and I are having a chat about the recipe at the moment, and, and he's confirming dates. So uh, that will be exciting content coming coming at you probably in May, and maybe we'll try and do an event to launch that somewhere, um, a bit like we did with the uh, with the Brad's Breakfast. Um, is it, uh, it's not going to be called uh, Short Shorts, is it? It's getting tweaked the name. Pro, like long shorts, board shorts, bo- board shorts. I think you told board me. Board shorts. Do we all have to wear shorts if we if we have a festival? Yes. Like those winter men that wear shorts throughout winter. Strange yeah, beings. No. no. Well, it'll be May by the time it comes out, so we should be okay. True. Okay. We should yeah, be okay. Uh, we've already mentioned some comments, but uh, related to what we talk about, Adam Robinson three nine two nine said, "I love how honest Brad and Johnny are when they taste their collab beers. They're the first to point out where ingredients are not singing as much as they'd hoped, or where flavors aren't quite balanced. Their honesty, attention to detail, and desire to create the perfect brew is what keeps me coming back for more. Uh, I'm here for the quest. Um, thank you very mm. much, Adam. We we like to think we are always honest about everything on the channel because if we're not, then then we just become PR for beer rather than ah, journalists is a strong word. Um, beer educators, beer educators, yeah, educators, educators. Yeah. Um, and we're also here for the quest. You know, if we'd said that was a great beer, we might not have learned anything from it. You know, we want to dig in and, and see what's wrong and what's right and, and learn from it. Because I do want to make pastry stouts again someday. They're 
a nightmare to make, particularly when you're trying to film it. But one day I'll find the time just to make a pastry stout for myself. Take a bit yeah. of me time, a bit of pastry time, and I'll have learned from, from that brew with Henok and from the home brew as well um, what to do. Uh, and I've, I've learned a lot from, from that particular brew. And also we did a brew for International Homebrew Day when we did a, a big adjunct stout. Uh, the recipe was from, um, God, what they call the Texan Brewery. Uh, oh. Weathered Souls. Um, oh, yeah. And the three-hour boil on that one really helped the beer. So uh, longer boils are definitely the way to go if you want big, sweet, dark beer. That's what I've mm-hmm. learned. Um yeah. Uh, any other comments, Bradders? We've got a pretty epic comment. Uh, I'm not sure if I can read it all. From Daiki Debelisi. I've read out your comments before. Please change your name to something slightly <laughs> easier. Daiki Debelisi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very difficult. Anyway, uh, a bit like cinnamon, I find best coffee flavour comes from crappy dark roast Turkish style coffee. Anyway, here's a poem about bounties. So they're talking about bounty chocolate bars, which are... Are you going to read the poem? They're an atrocity, Johnny. They're an abomination to to nature and they're a shameful British confectionery creation. I'll let you read it, Johnny, because I'm dyslexic. (laughs) Um, Okay, here we go. In wrappers of deceit, bounty bars lie. With promises of joy, they bid us try. But beneath the guise of coconut sweet lurks a texture so vile, a horrid deceit. <laughs> Each bite a torment, a wretched affair, as teeth sink into the grainy despair. No smooth delight, just gritty dismay, and every morsel joy fades away. <laughs> oh, bounty, thy taste a bitter sting, a texture so repulsive, a confectionary sin. So let me be free from thy coconut snare. No more shall I suffer, no more shall I bear. Bounty farewell, with disgust I depart. For in thy texture lies thy foul, rotten heart. I mean, it's beautiful, Johnny. It's, I think it's my favourite YouTube comment we've ever got. <laughs> in all seriousness. We get, um, when we do live shows, we get someone on something, something fan club who always does a poem live in the comments. Are they not I the same? Is it, are they different people? It's different people, We've got rival is, poets in the comments yes, section now. we Good do, we do. Lord. But that other person is something, Barry, something fan club. I can't remember what they're called. But they're incredible as well. Incredible poet. But this, uh, this bounty is just full of such a rich bounty of uh, <laughs> beautiful, disgusting vile imagery it, it's it's you, you you sort of recount it a bit like robbie burns style there which i enjoyed a lot um i, I was going uh, more for uh chaucerian okay old yeah. english pronunciation yeah sort of lots of yeah kind of noises and stuff yeah you were doing something anyway which i liked a lot um i would have preferred it if you'd done it in a slightly more uh pirate kind of tone the the um, other one I considered is going a bit uh, a bit Garth Marenghi. Oh, that could <laughs> work too. In rappers of deceit, <laughs> sort of. Or or style. Alan Partridge could have been good as well. <laughs> in rappers <laughs> of deceit, yeah, could have gone that way too. 
That, that, you know, but, that's when you know it's good writing. You can try yeah, it in multiple yeah, yeah. voices and it still still carries. I mean, it's incredible, Johnny. Uh, like, hands down, I think my best poetic comment we've ever had. There Other than Barry... Oh, I wish I knew what his name was. I can't remember. Well, Barry something fan club. I think you, you do the, the research between now and next yeah, week, yeah, yeah. and we'll yeah. we'll dig out and, and and give them a give them a shout out as well. Uh, if yeah. there's any other budding poets, feel free, and and I will read them. If they're good poems, I will read them. You could even say what voice you want. Uh, actually, we, that might be a terrible precedent. Wouldn't it be great to have poems on the back of beers? Has anyone ever done that? Poems on the back of beers, mate. So I it's mean, like a little art thing. They must have done. I, I opened my book, my award-winning book, A Year in Beer, with a poem. Self-pen. Mm. Mm. Um, You're a poet and you know it. Did you, yeah. uh, when you've done any readings, do you read that in a in a Chaucerian manner? <laughs> I, don't, I don't do readings from a book, so I think it's pretty oh, cheesy when you do that. It's like, just read the book. I'll, I'll give you the... I tend to tell the stories that didn't make the book. I, um, I went to watch a film this week called American Fiction about uh, literary types and book readings and being, you know, real and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, there's book there's book reading scenes in it, which are really funny, but it's it's I'd recommend it. I'm not going to tell you any more about it, but it's about authors in America, black authors in America, essentially. Um, Yeah. American fiction. It's very good. Very, very good. I'll, uh, I might have to add that to add that to uh, to my list. Yeah. Um, right, where are we? What 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 have we got left to talk about? That's it. That's it. Is that it? We've oh. reached the end of our podcast. In fact, all that's left to say is that we have the glassware episode that got a very brief mention before the blue WKD mm. repeated on us all. Um, so next week we are asking the question: Does glassware matter when it comes yes. to beer? Right. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, it it does, but. It's a more nuanced conversation than that, and definitely not just an advert to sell our glass. Definitely not. Definitely not just that. Um, so yeah, that that comes out next week. Um, little little uh, fact about this video. Hmm. It is a video, the first video I think in possibly a year that mm. comes in at under twenty minutes. God damn, Johnny. We were on fire that day, mate. We absolutely yeah. nailed that one. No derailments. No uh, hopelessly inflated content. Just no. just all killer, no filler. Under 20-minute exactly. content. All killer, you know, everybody filler. else in the world does that. Yeah. Oh, I found all the last kill- one. The last one that was under 20 minutes was... Oh, it was July last year. You're pouring okay. your beer wrong with Redeem. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That was 18. Um, and did extremely Johnny. well. Sat there at 120,000 views. So uh, yeah, yeah. it's almost as if, it's almost as if everything everyone says about <laughs> keeping your videos under, I think 17 minutes is the golden number, uh, will help your reach. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just released two, two of them over 20. Um, and maybe that's why one stuck on 12. Hmm. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, anyway, next week is our glassware video. We're very looking forward uh, to um, to showing you that one and having a conversation about glassware afterwards. I think the comments are going to be wild under that one. Big time. <laughs>
I'm hoping so anyway. Um, so yeah, join us for that next week on Wednesday and we'll be back for another Friday 5pm including the wonderful poetry of Someone Someone Fan Club. Love and beer. The Bubble and Friday 5pm podcasts are brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer channel. You can watch over 400 mini documentaries at youtube.com slash the craft beer channel. And if you love what we do, support us via Patreon and get access to merchandise and our amazing Discord forum, a positive and welcoming space for everyone who loves beer, food and homebrewing. Love and beer. Love and beer.